0: Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast series. Today we're talking about an important step that health systems can take to remove stigma for physicians who seek help with mental health issues. I'm joined today by Dr. Lisa McLean, psychiatrist and chief clinical wellness officer at Henry Ford Medical Group in Detroit, and she's been a leader in this area. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's chief experience officer in Chicago. Dr. McLean, welcome. It's
1: great to be here. And it's really great to be advocating for mental illness. This is a topic I'm super passionate about.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's start talking about then. Um, we know that medicine hasn't always made it easy for physicians to address their own mental health issues and the barriers can sometimes be surprising. So why don't we just start with a little bit of background for the folks out there. Uh, tell us more about those barriers and why the profession has been so slow to change.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it, there's a lot of complex reasons why physicians are reluctant to seek care within society. I think there's a stigma and bias against people who have mental health concerns and some physicians feel vulnerable seeking care or may feel that others will see them as weak if they seek care. And society, I think, has long held this belief that doctors have to be all knowing, all present and always uh, in a good mood. But underneath those expectations, doctors are like everyone else. We are human. This means we can also struggle with any disease that touches humans. And another important reason is actually linked to the purpose of our talk today. And that is the concern that physicians um, have that that if they get treatment and then later have to disclose it on a credentialing document, that it could interfere with their livelihood and could prevent them from practicing medicine.
0: And, you know, we've had a discussion about this very issue with a number of folks over the past few years, including the family of Dr. Lorna Breen. That was one of her key uh, concerns uh, was about, you know, about seeking mental health treatment and who'd have thought that this would, you know, come down to something like credentialing. Um, So uh, Henry Ford, you've led efforts to remove uh, a lot of these barriers, including this one very clear thing, which is a question on your credentialing application. So tell us more about the wording in that question, how it changed and why that change is so important.
1: Sure, so the former question asked, have you been diagnosed with or received treatment for physical, mental, chemical dependency or emotional condition, which could impair your ability to practice medicine? And so you see here embedded in that question is really asking about a history of illness, but also I think leaves it kind of open in terms of, well, what do you mean could impair? And so we changed it to say, are you diagnosed with or receiving treatment for any condition that currently impairs your ability to practice medicine? So you hear that it's much cleaner, it leaves a lot less question, and um, it's really asking, can you practice medicine right now?
0: Dr. McLean, I'm I'm curious, how did you first realize that this question was, was a problem to begin with?
1: You know, it's really interesting. I for uh I don't know, maybe about eight years, I was in the APA assembly for the American Psychiatric Association. And in 2018, this, this came up at the assembly, where the APA um really spoke against having these types of questions on licensing and credentialing questionnaires. So I was already Um, kind of in the space where I was thinking that, you know what, we should do something about that. It was the APA's position that um, a history or past diagnosis asking about that was overboard and indeed actually discriminatory. Um, So it was there in the back of my mind. And then um, I had a conversation with Dr. Steph Simmons, who is actually the chief medical officer of the Lorna Breen Heroes Foundation. I was asking her to come to Henry Ford to give a talk. And um, like any great speaker, she said, well, can we meet before and kind of talk about what the goals of the talk are going to be? And in that conversation, she challenged me. She asked me about, well, what what about your credentialing questionnaire? How is that? She was already in that space, really thinking about it. So she asked me about it and I said, you know, I don't know. I It's been kind of in the back of my mind. I'm not really sure. Let me check into it and find out. And lo and behold, oops, I found out that we really had a question that needed to be changed.
0: Well, I'm curious, once you found that out, you took a look at this, and now you're kind of armed with new knowledge about the potential ramifications of that. How hard was it to get uh, this changed within your own organization?
1: Um you know it's so inter- it's interesting because i believed that it was easier than in reality it ended up being um, the first step um, is to audit. And you saw we did that and found out our question you know, needed to be changed. And then it's making that change. So how do you make that change? And most of us recognize it in many hospital systems. There's many layers of approval and lots of bureaucracy and red tape. Um, so I uh, started with the credentialing committee then went up to the medical executive committee and got their approval and got leadership support. So I thought, okay, it's a done deal. And I was all happy about, I this wasn't that difficult. And then I met with members of the AMA and we were talking about this topic. Um, I was talking with Daniel Blaney and he said, um, you know, I know that you said that you changed your question, but we had a conversation with someone at Henry Ford and they sent me your credentialing questionnaire and it still had the old question. And in that moment, it's like, oh, my gosh, you feel hot all over. And you're like, oh, my (laughs) goodness, I just got, you know, what? And so I went back and said, you know, what's going on? I thought we changed this. And it died on the vine after the medical executive committee. It never got to the hands of the people who actually edit the questionnaire, and so we were able to then follow up on it and, um, and 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 make that change ultimately and come back to i was glad to be able to come back to Dan and Stephanie and say or Dr. Simmons and say hey we we were successful in getting it done and then the, the final step of getting it done is really how do you communicate it and Uh, letting people know the change that you've made
0: let's let's talk about Um, that because i'm curious how did physicians respond uh, to the change
1: It's it's been overwhelmingly positive in fact it has opened really great discussion about other things maybe we need to change to protect the privacy of physicians so my wellness task force said well why aren't all physicians medical records behind a break the glass or behind a firewall within our organization? We've been, we've had situations where uh, we felt employees within our organization knew about our personal medical care. And so what I have found that it's been kind of a snowball effect in terms of people got really excited. I think they felt really proud that we've made that change, but then they said, oh, there's more opportunity, we can even make more changes that could really help reduce stigma and get people there.
0: Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama slash my inbox. That's AMA ASSN.org slash My Inbox. Very, very interesting. Uh, I'm curious because you said originally you kind of had heard about this through the APA, then you've introduced this through your own organization at Henry Ford. Now, when we think about how do we get more widespread adoption to a change like this. Yeah, Uh, That's something that could probably be done through kind of health policy. What's what's your approach and why is that so important?
1: Well, I think it's really important to partner with the AMA and other organizations who really care deeply about these topics to work collaboratively to reduce stigma and open the channels uh, so that people aren't afraid to seek care making, I think, policy changes is imperative so that there is equity across the United States as of November 2022 i was told that only 19 states have aligned their licensing questionnaires to eliminate these questions so that means that there's still over 30 states that still need to make these changes and what in the change that we made was at a hospital level and so i'm just talking about you know the licensing federation of each of the states And so it really needs to be done at your local grassroots level, but also at that bigger level.
0: When you think about your journey at Henry Ford and the way that you kind of tackled this problem, do you have any recommendations for others out there who are assessing the barriers that exist within their own organizations and want to make the same changes that you did?
1: Yeah, I I think just ask questions, dig deep, and don't be afraid would be my, my, my succinct advice.
0: Well, we now know about 63% of physicians have reported experiencing at least one symptom of burnout since the pandemic. How do you see this fitting into the larger push to reduce physician burnout?
1: Yeah, um, you know, so it's interesting, uh, according to the Medscape Um physician burnout and depression report in 2022, 43% of respondents indicated that they did not seek care for depression or burnout because they did not want to risk disclosure to their medical boards, 43%. 32% said they didn't want evidence of treatment with their insurance providers. So we really need to work together to reduce these numbers one step at a time.
0: Uh, so that is just underscores the importance of the work that you're doing right now. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. McLean, for joining us today and for your continued advocacy on behalf of physicians' mental health. Uh, the AMA is doing a lot in this particular area right now. Physician burnout and reducing that is an important pillar of our recovery plan for America's physicians. And you can find out more about the work that the AMA is doing at ama-assn.org/recovery. We've also dropped some helpful resources in the description of this episode, so be sure to check those out. We'll be back with another uh, episode soon. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.